Okay, hello everyone. Uh, this is Nosa Ayari. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Culture Class Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Tongwa isn't here uh, today. Uh, today I have a very interesting guest with me. He's actually my roommate. Uh, we've lived together for about a year or so. Uh, so, but I'll allow him to do the introductions. Uh, so, what's your name, sir? Hi, my name is Fahim. Fahim, exactly. And I've known Fahim uh, for what? Oh, I'd say about just over a year. Yeah, just over a year. I remember on Facebook uh, when I was trying to get an apartment in D.C. and I was sending a whole bunch of people messages on Facebook and we connected. And, you know, uh, he happens to go to GW. I go to AU. uh, And, yeah, we just connected that way. And now we live together. And um, interesting thing about Fahim. Fahim is currently a medical student, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, how's that going so far? Well, it's, I'll tell you what, it's, it keeps you running. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you're in your first year of medical school? That's right. Gotcha. And, and I wish you guys could see this right now. We have, so, so we're using just one mic to record and we have two medical books supporting the mic. It's, uh, what is this? Clinical Anatomy and uh, Microbiology and Immunology. What the hell is Immunology? Is that a study about the human immune systems or something? That's exactly right. It's just a study of the immune system and uh, how uh, different bacteria, viruses, other organisms interact with your your health. Gotcha, gotcha. And have you ever done any interview before now, Fahim? No, actually I haven't. Oh, good. So it's good that we're doing one here today because Fahim is a really smart guy and obviously someday I envision him being you know, interviewed by lots of, uh, not just medical publications, but uh, by different journals, and maybe he might even get to speak to Congress one day. So I think I'm honored to be your very first interview. <laughs> well, thank you, Nosa. That's very, very kind of you. Yeah. So, um, Fahim, uh, what's your full name, just for the record? My name is Fahim Farad Sayed. Fahim Farad Sayed. And um, you're actually Indian, right? That's right. Okay, so uh, as you guys know, for people who have been following the podcast, the reason why the podcast is called Culture Class because it's actually an avenue for uh, me to have a different perspective from other cultures, it, just like the way it sounds, culture, class. So it's a classroom where different cultures come together to learn from each other because uh, I believe uh, there's that underlying factor that's um, uh, the same uh, with all different cultures all over the world. And just, you know, build that tolerance level and, you know, to break up some of those stereotypes and misconceptions. So I'm happy to be doing that today with Fahim. So Fahim, tell me, you're from India, but did you, were you born in India or were you born here in the U.S.? No, actually, I was born in Maryland. So uh, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I visited India, though. Gotcha. So, um, oh, so you went to school. Did you go to high school in the D.C., Maryland area? Yes, so uh, I went to high school, middle school, and elementary school in Virginia, and uh, I started doing undergrad at George Washington, and have continued at George Washington to do medical school. Oh, wow. So your whole life has practically been on the East Coast. Have you ever visited other cities in uh, the U.S.? Oh, definitely. Um, I visited I visited Las Vegas. I visited... Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays there, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was just a short family trip when I was pretty young, so I don't remember it too well. Okay. Um, recently, I visited Cape Cod, mm. um, and that was a spectacular time. Where is Cape Cod? What state? Uh, Cape Cod is in uh, Massachusetts. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, I happen to be going to Massachusetts next week for the 
Harvard African Business Conference. So hopefully I get to do uh, an interview there. I have an interview set up there also. Okay, so you were born in Maryland, uh, but did your parents come here from India? Give us a background uh, of your family, just a brief background. Right. So my, my uh, mother is from India, and my father is from Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And uh, they both met here uh, in the United States when they immigrated. And um, they met, they got married, and I was born here. Okay, and uh, you have siblings? Yes, I have one younger sister. Gotcha. So um, how did your parents, I don't know if you ever sat down to talk to your parents about this, how did your parents actually decide to come here? Did they come here for school and stayed or um, they came here? Uh, we have cases of people coming here, you know, as refugees or things like that. Have you ever asked them about how they ended up in America? Yes, I have. So um, for my mother, when she was younger, she was doing her education in Bombay. And following her education, she wanted to come to the United States because there was more opportunity for jobs and uh, that sort of thing. Um, for my father, it was something similar. He was more interested in um, politics and uh, he found that he wanted to move out of Pakistan and uh, try seeing how, how that turns out in other countries. So he ended up coming to the United States um, for uh, the opportunity as well as uh, the political freedom and that sort of thing that comes with being here. Okay, so they both came here basically maybe when they were in their 20s or something like that. So they didn't come here really young uh, uh, as others do. Okay, so that's great. And you said something interesting there. Your, your dad's from Pakistan. Uh, your mom is from India. And uh, I remember applying for an Indian visa. And I, I didn't know this before then, uh, you know, you know, breaking culture. I didn't know this before then, but when I applied for an Indian visa last year, uh, on, on the page, uh, the CKGS page for the visa application, it said you couldn't apply for a visa if you come from these countries, and Pakistan was one of them. So I, I asked uh, an Indian classmate of mine that, you know, what's going on? And, you know, he, he explained the whole thing to me that, oh, you know, there's this thing called enemy countries where Indians uh, can't uh, really, you know, relate with people from Pakistan and other countries. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so from what I know about that, uh, there tends to be a little bit of tension between India and Pakistan. There has been historically. Um, and so uh, they have this sort of restriction. If you were to go to India, they would question you know, why you also wanted to go to Pakistan and vice versa, just because um, uh, there are uh, some issues in the relationship between the two countries. So they just want to they, just, they want to make sure that there isn't a um, you know you're not going for some a negative reason some sort of a, a dangerous reason or something like that. And the the cause of the misunderstanding between both countries is it do you consider it to be political, cultural, or religious? Uh, I think it ultimately is a little bit of each. Mm. Um, I would say that uh, uh, because. Pakistan is predominantly uh, Islamic, and India is predominantly non-Islamic, um, uh, specifically they're Hindu. Um, there's a little bit of tension between the two religions, there's been historically, and that's one of the reasons why India and Pakistan wanted to have their uh, divide uh, so long ago. Gotcha. So, um, is, is your dad uh, Muslim and your mom Hindu? Uh... No, it so happens that both of my parents are Muslim. Oh, gotcha. But uh, even if they belong to the same religion, coming from different country is, is still an issue, right? Not for them personally and not mm -hmm. for their families. There are some families and some people that might feel uh, that 
that that to be an issue. Gotcha, gotcha. So they were lucky to at least be born into families that um, understand and probably were exposed and didn't really subscribe to um, the norm of you know ostracizing uh, the other country. But but did they get married here or they got married uh, back home? So they they met in the United States and they also were married in the United States. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Um, so um, have you been, You okay, you mentioned that you've been to India, but have you been to Pakistan? No, I haven't. And uh, part of the reason is because they, uh, they question why you're going uh, to both countries. But um, also because uh, I, I just, we don't have any family in, in Pakistan. Most mm. of our family is in India. So uh, the reason to go to Pakistan is... No, it's just to visit, just to visit the area, the heritage, that sort of thing. Gotcha. And yo, so your dad's family is in India. No, actually, his family, his father lives in uh, Pakistan. Okay. Lived at the time, okay. um, but he's no longer alive, um, and he doesn't have any other other family besides his father. Gotcha. So there just there really wasn't much family in Pakistan. Oh, no brothers, no sisters. No, he's he was an only child. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, um, is it safe to say you connect more with your mother's roots because uh, you've been familiar with yeah, familiar with um, India, you've been there, and um, your mother has more members of her family, so you have opportunity to ask more people questions from India than Pakistan? I would say in a sense, yes, because uh, I have been to India. More of the culture is sort of immersed in me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would say, though, that between India and Pakistan, the culture is very similar. Gotcha. Um, the food is very similar. The the language is almost identical. And so, really, um, I don't I don't personally see much of a divide between the two. Gotcha. Oh, l- let me tell you something about Indian food, man. Indian food can be the best. You know, I used to think Nigerians. I'm from Nigeria, by the way. And I used to think um, Nigerians, especially uh, southwestern Nigeria used to love a lot of spices but you know when i tried indian food man <laughs> look <laughs> it was it was no joke i mean the, the first time i i think i had um what's it called there's a food made out of puff rice and uh, vegetables and sometimes you can add chicken um i think it's called um there's a there's a dish oh called, my goodness like there's a dish called a batata pola and that's a puffed rice um, potato, um, some sort of a, a crispy, um, uh, crispy dough. Is that might be? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, I'm I'm not sure that's what it is, but it did have puff rice, and from what I understand, like uh, it's a common street food in Delhi, and uh, it was just a quick fix. You know, that was the first time I, I really had uh, proper Indian. Well, I won't say proper, but you know, it was a quick fix. But you know, it, I really enjoyed it, and I got to also have paneer. Which I think is made from milk. Yeah, paneer is like a type of cheese. Yeah, so it's like uh, you know, it has like a milk cheese base that kind of thing. So that I I really enjoyed that. That was good. So uh, it's do you cook? Uh, what kind of Indian food do you <laughs> happen to cook? So Indian food is uh, it requires some practice mm-hmm. in order to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a whole mix of spices and herbs that you have to kind of know how to add in the right proportion and at what time and how to cook it down. I personally haven't had much experience in that. Gotcha. Uh, I can, however, buy it like a pre-made packet of spices. And gotcha. Oh, that's cheating. That. That's, that, yeah. that's cheating. That's cheating. That is, that is, you're right. But, um, you know, that does get the job done. Okay. Okay, cool. 
Also, let me ask you quickly, uh, before we go forward, about growing up. Now, you said you were born in Maryland. How was it growing up? Um, from what I understand, and uh, I might be, you know, jumping the gun here, and this might be um, somewhat of a, you know, stereotype, but from what I understand, um, Indians, uh, you grow up in large families where everyone stays basically in the same house. Uh, so it's not uncommon to have, like, a... Uh, grandma and grandpa uh, dad mom sisters cousin all growing up in one big house was that how it was for you growing up in virginia or it was like a typical american upbringing how was growing up for you so you're right traditionally it is very much like that and my mother when she came to the united states she brought her mother with her and so uh, when i was growing up i had my grandmother on my mother's side my mom um and my dad and um and my sister when her, when she was born later. Gotcha. Um, so we did have that sort of unity uh, of including our family. And um, at the time, my mother's siblings weren't in the United States. Gotcha. So eventually she brought them um, as their applications were accepted. And so the family's been growing ever since. And there's a lot of um, um, unity in that sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. And did it feel like two different worlds because um sometimes when i speak to africans like i was talking to a girl from burundi and or was it from, she was from ethiopia sorry and she was talking about growing up feeling like two different worlds because she went to school you know interacted with all these american kids and that played with them and that felt like one world but once she got back home or uh you know went to church or something it felt like a whole different culture so it was difficult for her navigating like like it's only when she grew older, maybe got into her teens, she could like really separate because she she'll bring like a certain food to a lunchroom and you know maybe probably open it up and everyone is like you know what the hell's that you know yeah. <laughs> stuff like did you did you have that kind of experience growing up or did you experience something similar to the lunchroom incidents growing up? Uh, I did, I did. When I was younger, um, I at least when I was very young, maybe elementary school, I wasn't really keen on the difference. So everything sort of blended together. You know, home life was home life, um, school life was school life. And um, I was speaking a little bit of Hindi, I was speaking a little bit of English, and I didn't really conflate the two. And uh, in that sense, I was pretty pretty well um, welded together in terms of both sides. And as I grew up, I got to notice a little bit of difference in sort of the values of each society and um, had to have some uh, thoughts about how to reconcile the two. So um, also touching on that, did you, were you ever rebellious in uh, kind of like immersing yourself in the Hindi or Indian or Pakistani culture when you were growing up in the sense that you felt it was not necessary? Uh, why is mom or dad teaching me to speak in Hindi? Why am I learning to read this way? Why am I learning to pray this way? You know, I don't use this half the time, you know, or were you, you know, interested, I mean, as a young man, you know, to learn more about your culture? How was it for you? Growing up, it was just uh, another thing that was normal. I had uh, uh I was spoken to sometimes in Hindi, and I watched some Hindi movies, mm. and I listened to some Hindi music. Oh, what's your favorite Hindi movie? Oh, there's just so many. Um, I would say Kuch Kuch Hota Hai, which is a Kuch Kuch Hota? Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. Okay, is, does that star in Ashwara? Because anything Ashwara stars in, I'm sorry, you know, anything in Bollywood that doesn't have Ashwara there, then it's, it's not for me. <laughs> oh, no, unfortunately, she's not in there. That was, uh, I think, Shah Rukh Khan and Kajol. They're both uh, fairly... Um, classic actor, actresses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I know Khan. Uh, I think he's been acting for a while now. 
Yeah, and uh, Ashwarya also is almost uh, like a legacy Bollywood actress. Uh, right now, you have more recent actresses, Sonny Leone. Um, what's her name? Uh, the lady that married Nick Jonas. What's her name? Oh, Priyanka Chopra. Priyanka Chopra. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. And I have I have a whole bunch of actresses, but yeah, Bollywood is uh the second biggest movie industry in the world, yeah. uh, followed by Nollywood, the Nigerian movie industry. But yeah, Indian movies are a big deal. Uh, so, so you listen to Indian music. So it, it was, it was kind of like a Superman, Clark Kent thing. You put on your Hindi at home. You put on your cape in school. Yeah, and it wasn't intentional. It just so happened to be that way. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. So, another stereotype. Um, I just want to clarify something. You happen to be in med school currently. Yes. Um, now some people. This might not be true, but um, some people. Um, look at Asian parents and Asian being, um, I think India is part of Asia, right? Yeah. Uh, so Asian parents being a little hard on their kids, uh, making sure that, oh, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer. And this is everywhere, right? Even Nigerian parents, you know, especially growing up, uh, it's not until, you know, people start making money from music and sports that Nigerian parents, you know, relax a little bit. But um, how was your experience like in choosing what to study? Was everyone, did you have uncles who were doctors and you just felt you wanted to be a doctor or, you know, your, your parents kind of like encouraged you to go into medicine? Uh, how, how did you decide on the career you wanted to pursue? So I, my, my family doesn't really have many doctors. I think one of the closest is one uncle of mine who is a practicing physician in India. Um, my, both of my parents, I drove, total sort of drove me into um, a profession that was respectable and both really recommended medicine. Mm. And um, that's something that they did push me towards, but I wasn't ever pushed with um, uh, great fervor. I, I always had that little option in front of me to do something else that I wanted to do. And um, the more I thought about it, um, the more interested I was in anatomy, physiology. I took a course in high school. I was sort of drawn towards the sciences as well as the humanities, but more so um, towards the sciences, specifically chemistry. And um, I just sort of developed my interest in science and kind of consolidated it um, specifically in terms of how the body works. How does body chemistry work? How does um, physiology work? And that sort of thing was just interesting to me. And that's sort of what got me into medicine, as well as the fact that Doctors are just people that care about other people. And, you know, that's that's something that I feel like I have in me. And I really want to be able to do that for people. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so what part of medicine are you studying for? I, I don't know if it's too early, you know, given that you're in your first year of med school, uh, if you guys have like a concentration yet or something like that. But what would you see yourself doing in the future in the medical field? Well, for now, everyone is all in the same boat. We're all studying for the same... Uh, <laughs> Same exam, we want gotcha. the same basic knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually we're going to have to make that choice into which field interests us the most. Mm. For me personally, because I really like chemistry and physiology is actually very interesting, um, I, I think within the subsets of medicine, anesthesia, anesthesiology mm. might be the direction I'm headed towards. You want to put people to sleep? Well, uh, it's it's what I've heard is it's... It is a controlled decompensation. So in a sense, you are putting the patient in a state of death, but controlled, just for a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say a state of death? 
that's, that's what I've heard, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because, uh, you know, what you're doing is you stop them from breathing on their own. You mm. stop them from being awake. You stop them from being able to feel pain. Mm. So in a sense, you know, they're, I don't want to say dead, but quote unquote dead. I mean, their brain is still working. Where, where is life? Is life in the, in, the, in the heart or is life in the brain? Well, you, you definitely can't live without a heart, right? But uh, the, the brain is really where most people figure you, where you are located. Because, mm, um, I mean, it's possible to be brain dead and your vital organs are still working, but you just can't. You're like in a state of coma or something. But once your heart stops beating, then that's the end. Well, yeah, your your brain needs energy. So mm -hmm. it's like this. If your consciousness is in the brain mm -hmm. and your brain needs to run, right? The heart's just there to circulate energy throughout. The blood that's flowing by is giving the brain the nutrients it needs. Mm. So if, the, if there's an artificial way, if you don't need the heart anymore, you can just connect the tube to your head that circulates yeah, actually, what you need. So some, some philosophers and some, uh, um, I think even, um, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. That was that from Tesla. Elon? Uh, yeah, Elon Musk. I'm sorry. Okay. Even he posits that we might be brains in a vet, sort of like how people really? are plugged in in the Matrix, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Elon always says weird shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Boy, he's a smart guy. African, too. Yeah, I mean, I think he went to Canada from South Africa and all that good stuff. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So, um, so uh, tell me, Fahim, uh, besides uh, your career, um, I want to go a little bit about, I want to talk about relationships. Um, growing up, did you... How many relationships have you been in? Let me start from there. Uh, I've only really been in one serious relationship. Okay. Yeah. And a bunch of not serious. Well, let's see. I would say um, I was pretty focused on studying. And mm. when I was younger, I was pretty convinced that I was going to do sort of like, um, uh, you know, focus on my academics. And then on the side, maybe I would get married one day. On the side. On the side. Perfect. Cool. But, um, and, yeah. and he means it when he says studying, because Fahim usually comes in, what, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., yeah. 1 a.m. every day, like, you know, the door opens, you know, the first few weeks I was like, you know, thought, you know, we're being burgled or something. <laughs> but I thought, okay, that's just Fahim, it's 1 a.m., so, you know, cool. And actually, at one point, I think in my second semester, whenever Fahim came in then i knew it was time to get up because uh, you know, I, I i like you know studying you know so i'll study like from 2 a.m to like 8 a.m and i have to go to class or something so yeah so we're opposite like that but you you've been in one serious relationship yeah i'm still and i still am in that one very serious relationship oh that's cool that's mature i mean most most doctors or most prospective doctors are in a relationship with their profession so that's true. <laughs> it's it's good that you, you make time out to Engaged, and how long have you been in that relationship? Just over three years. Oh, over three, three years. years. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, that's uh, longer than any relationship I've been in. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess in that sense, uh, uh, you're yeah, doing way better than me. And um, let me ask you a personal question. How sure. exactly did you decide that um, that relationship or that girl um, was... Like how how did how did it happen? Just tell me how it happened. How we met? Yeah, how you met the first day, um, the first few weeks, how it built up everything. So we both went to GW together. Uh, we both studied chemistry and we got to know each other just over time. We mm -hmm. had some classes together. 
Um, we knew some mutual friends and we just spoke, we talked, we laughed, that sort of thing, right? Oh. Um, and after a while, we just, you know, felt like we clicked in a way. And so I asked her out on a date. And uh, Where did you guys go your first date? The first date we went to was, um, it was actually an at-home sort of date. So we I, we went over to her, I went over to her place, I brought some Chinese food. On the first day? Nice. Yeah, we wanted to do something, you know, just talk. I feel I feel like that was our first date. Actually, right. our second date, which might be our first date, was also Chinese, but that was going out. Okay. Um, so uh, Chinese food, watching uh, an Indian version of Pride and Prejudice called Bride and Prejudice. Bride and Prejudice? Bride and Prejudice, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Who, who acted that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I think I think that one might have been um, uh, Ashwarya. I'm not oh, sure. if it's Ashwara, oh. then I'm there. <laughs> if it, if it's her, then I'm there. So she she's also from India, right? Yes, she is. Okay, cool. So um, have you ever like been in? And this can be you know one of your maybe casual um relationships in the past. Have you ever been in a relationship with a non-Indian or Pakistani person? Um, there is there is one um uh. Asian girl that I was um, seeing for a little while, but it was a very um, sort of wasn't sure are we you know dating are we not dating, and um, uh, like I said it wasn't too much of a serious relationship, um, but I wasn't ever um, uh, at one point in time I was pretty confident that I was going to stick to you know I'm Indian I'm going to you know uh, be in a relationship with someone Indian, mm-hmm. but then you know the more I progressed I I feel like having that sort of divide is just nonsensical there's no real reason to do that mm. um and so i was seeing this asian girl for a little while because mm. i was about to ask that question um did you subconsciously just think about it because um i mean we have the we have cases of arranged marriages right in india but did you subconsciously think about it that look i just have to date an indian because if I date a non-Indian, then there's a risk of non-acceptance by my parents or by my culture, or, you know, she's going to go through a whole lot, you know, fitting in to my society. So let me just play it safe this way. Or you didn't worry about that at all and just ended up dating an Indian at the end of the day. No, so you're right. That is something that um, is concerning, right? Because uh, it's difficult to sort of assimilate someone that's has a different language, a different food, different... Um, uh, taste in music, that sort of thing, from uh, from your own culture, and so I can see why it might make sense. And I, initially, I was thinking, you know, it might be hard to reconcile the two. I should just stick to um, being with someone Indian. And you know, the more I thought about it, if if people make divides like that, it mm-hmm. just it just kind of um, you're placing this artificial barrier that prevents people from seeing each other, right? Or people from cultures from interacting. Okay. And so uh, I just I thought, you know, I don't think that's right. And I think if two people do really care about each other, they can learn to respect and um, get to know each other's culture. Gotcha. I know uh, someone, for example, um, one of my father's friends, he is Swedish, he's Indian, mm-hmm. but he, sorry, he's Pakistani, but he lives in Sweden and he married a Swedish woman. And he speaks Swedish, he speaks um, uh, Urdu. And his wife, who's Swedish, speaks Swedish and also Urdu. So mm. she picked up the language, and he picked up her language. Nice. And, so know, the kids speak both languages. Yes, the kids speak both languages. Nice, nice. That's beautiful. I mean, I mean, I can understand like uh, where where I'm from, even within the country, is a problem. And, I, and I'm sure 
uh, you have cases like that too uh, back home where someone from the north wants to marry someone from the east and it's a problem and this is the same country mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, you know and, and our case is basically uh, a civil war that happened in the 70s and I guess you know the healing hasn't you know 30 40 years later hasn't still uh, there are still scars here and there but you know even prior to that you know co co coming together uh, can be an issue so uh, you're not going to put any kinds of restriction on your kids in the future uh, regarding dating or anything? No, I don't think so. And I think it's just not right um, to do so because really, if you think about it, the divides that we see between people are something that we ourselves put in. It's mm -hmm. not like there's some natural divide between us. Everyone is genetically different. Everyone has a different personality. It's just about, you know, respecting each other and finding somebody that you care about who cares about you, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. So let me talk about your interests outside um, med school and relationships. What else do you like to do? What What's the life in the typical day of an Indian American like? What What do you What do you do? Oh, I don't know if I'm the typical um, Indian American. But... You're not. Well, I don't know. You know, okay. I, I'm not sure exactly what the that person what, would be. Well, um, well, let me not say typical, but you know. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of Indians in America, but, right, right. you know, um, uh, an Indian who was born here, or has an Indian heritage, but was born here, basically. Okay. So, um, you know, now that I'm in school, I'll uh, spend most of my time studying. So how about I talk about a little bit of my past, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, when, I've, when I've done more um, than just study. So, uh, you know, life would be like, maybe in high school, for example, I would go to school, I would... Um, uh, Come back. I would come back from school. I would pray um, because that's something that my family did. And um, we would have lunch. We would talk about school. We would talk about um, uh, our family. We would talk about you know, just sorts of um, just normal, typical things, right? Um, and uh, you know, we would have days where we have uh, like certain Indian holidays. Gotcha. Um, we would go to certain Indian events where they had. Um, How many Indian holidays are there? I know Diwali. Diwali is that's a, the biggest. Yeah, Diwali is a very important Hindu holiday. Yeah, but there are a couple of others. So if we if we talk about Muslim holidays, one of the biggest is Eid. Yeah, Eid, of course. Uh, yeah, that's when you break the fast, right? Yeah. So after after Ramadan, mm -hmm. there's a, a the, the very day after is Eid, where you celebrate. Um, the the reason for your fast, why um, uh, uh, and uh, the prophet himself, and you just celebrate by eating. There's a lot of family, that sort of thing. Gotcha. What's the most bizarre thing you've heard about Indians? Like someone has told you that, oh, you know, uh, I don't know, you're Indian, you know. I don't know. Can you get me a discount on the seven level? Something. I don't know. <laughs> What's the most there, bizarre thing you have there? Like, like that? I don't know. It's, uh, um, uh, let's see. Maybe um, you know, how many Seven Elevens do you own? I think when I was a when I was a younger kid, um, uh, I would always get the you know, thank you, come again, that sort of thing. You know, gotcha. You know, like uh, Apu from The Simpsons. Gotcha. That sort of thing. Um, I. Uh, a lot of the you know strict parent you know you didn't get a um didn't get an A you know don't come home that's yeah <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really feel that from my family personally but you know that sort of stereotype kind of sticks gotcha. and of course you know like you said uh, me being Indian and also being in medicine 
there are definitely those people that feel like, oh, you know, he's just another Indian kid that got pushed by his parents to go and eat medicine. Yeah. And you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I do hope that I can, you know, prove that it's really not um, that sort of issue. I mean, I say this, right, because even being Nigerian, uh, we have our own fair share of stereotypes, you know, the whole Nigerian prince thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that other stuff. And I, I asked this, and, and I'll, I'll ask you a question in a minute, but I was talking to an Indian girl uh, some time ago, and she was like, uh, she, she grew up in Delhi. She worked in Delhi. And apparently there's a Nigerian community in Delhi. Okay. And somewhere, and apparently uh, there was an Indian who got, um killed in that community sometimes in the past and there was a story that was going around that nigerians kill people and eat their flesh so everyone was kind of like avoiding that nigerian community and i, I don't know exactly what happened you know and all that but, but what are some of the, the stereotypes you've heard or you you might have had or i've heard someone say about nigerians like what have you heard so i haven't heard much about nigerians in particular mm-hmm. but i will say this there's some um, stereotypes against the dark, darker-skinned people, even within Indians. Oh, really? Um, yeah. The darker-skinned people in India, are they? Do they have a name or? So, um, in parts of India, that maybe not anymore, but at some point in time, um, when there was the caste system, for example, mm. um, a lot of the caste system was based on skin color. Yeah, and the the caste system. I think I've read up on this before. The caste system, and I think we have these this in parts of uh, Eastern Nigeria as well, where uh, there's some kind of segregation based on the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I read about uh, is it BK BK or BR something? Someone who wrote the Indian Constitution. How he came to the U.S. to study law. And he was from a certain caste that were not allowed to go to school in India. So he came to the U.S. to study law and he ended up writing the Indian constitution and being a major force in obtaining independence from the British. So I think his name was BK. Just keep talking. I'll, I'll Google, I'll Google okay. him right now. Yeah, you can you can search for him. But um, what I was saying about the caste system is that now it's probably outdated in most parts of India. But essentially, uh, based on where your family is from, what their, what their role in society is, um, and uh, skin color, unfortunately, really determined how important you were and how uh, bottom uh, of the of society you were. So it just so happens that people that were very dark were seen as untouchable. Um, and the untouchable class... It was an untouchable, I remember now. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. The untouchable class, just by nature of the very dark skin color, were seen as inferior to the rest of society. These were the people, like the name suggests, that you wouldn't really touch or interact with, certainly not want to marry, um, and would be the people that were uh, bathroom cleaners and the people that mm. would have to, you know, um, do the parts of, do the jobs in society that nobody else wanted to do. Just because, and just for reference, I, I Googled him right now and his name is B.R. Ambedkar. So uh, he was, I think was from the untouchable class and he ended up going to the London School of Economics and Columbia University. And he was a major factor in, you know, gaining independence. So it just goes to show that, you know, um, uh, sometimes culture might get in the way of advancement just because people believe a certain thing. And, you know, it's uh, I'm sorry to cut you short. You know, I'm just just saying so. But, yeah, you were saying. Oh, no, uh, you're absolutely right. It is unfortunate that. uh... Um, something as as meager as skin color can have such a profound role in 
who you're seen as. Gotcha. Have you watched any Nigerian films? No, I actually haven't. And Not before, yet? No, I haven't. And before you told me, uh, before you said, uh, what is it called, Nollywood? Yeah, Nollywood. Yeah, yeah, before you said that, I didn't even know that was uh, a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a thing. It's, a, it's the third largest uh, after India, I guess. And what about Nigerian music? I've heard of Whiskit. No, I haven't, actually, no. Davido? No, really. No? No Nigerian music? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 there are some Indian musicians. I think Honey, Honey Singh. I, I like it's like a Punjabi. You listen to classical music, so you probably wouldn't know. But <laughs> no, some I, of the older stuff is what I'm familiar. Yeah, with. I, I listen to like urban, contemporary, you know, kind of music. And the, there's this Indian singer Honey Singh. He, he's cool. And there's a Punjabi rapper also called Billy X. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think he, he's also amazing. I mean, he raps in Punjabi. I, I don't hear what he says, but you know, <laughs> I, I think that's cool. What, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Um, so do you mean Indian music or no? Just general. What what do you like to listen to? In general, I like uh, indie music. I tend to stick to uh, electronic, and I'm I'm not talking about like the headbanging um, party club music. I not mean, metal. Yeah, not metal, and not um, <laughs> too um, party like. Just um, electronic music. Uh, I like trance in particular. It's like a very sort of progressive synthetic beat that gotcha. sort of um, you listen to that on drugs or <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. No, it's just um, sort of like a relaxing um, progression of music. Uh, gotcha. I find that that genre in in electronic dance music, specifically trance, um, the artists put in quite a bit of thought into the chord progression that yeah. makes it seem um, it, it's almost subtle. I don't, I'm not classically trained in music. I don't know very much about music, but yeah. Um, I know that genre in particular requires a lot of thought, and um, that's why I'm sort of drawn towards that in, in India. So is it kind of like EDM, uh, like all those Swedish uh, DJs? Uh, so those fall under Tiesto and yeah, all those guys and mm -hmm. uh, the DJ who passed, uh, I think, two years ago. Um, that was a uh, Calvin. No, no Calvin's no, no. still alive. It was a young DJ, um, Avicii. Oh yes, Avicii. Yeah, Avicii. Uh, yeah, that was that was terrible. And um, another thing that has been of interest to me is um, the way women have been treated in India. Um, apparently, women. I mean, all over the world, you know. Um, and you know, we see this now. You know, with the rise of the some say the third, some say the fourth wave of feminists, uh, the Me Too movement, all that. I mean, women all over the world. Um, haven't been treated in the fairest ways, but uh, particularly uh, in India, you know, we, we hear of stories of, you know, rape being such a huge deal in India, women not having it so easy to run for office, especially if they are from a certain caste, you know, or, or, or things like that. Um, w what is your, like, I'm just saying this because this is what I see on the, in the media, but you've been to India, India before and, you know, uh, you 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 have probably have family there. What's your take on the whole issue? How Indian women are treated by India? Well, um, I'll say that uh, classically Indian, just I think women in general have been sort of seen as second to men. Mm -hmm. um, most societies tend to be patriarchal, and India Indian women are you know, it's no different there. Um, Indian women have had uh, issues finding a voice and agency um, in uh, Indian society. Um, as of late, there, is, there have been more women running for office and there have been more movements towards women's education, but um, this wasn't the case decades ago. 
um, women have made more movements. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that definitely that's for the better. Yeah. I mean, I think I know of a woman uh, who is like the CEO of Axis Bank. There's, there's like an Axis Bank in India, one of the big banks. And I think she's a woman. Also, uh, the CEO of Pepsi here in the, in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, she's she's an Indian woman. So I, I guess in time, um, um, you know, Indian women will probably... Uh, but it just goes to show that, uh, you know, we, we need to really do all that we can, you know, to, to advance the cause of women because they haven't been treated in the fairest ways, uh, you know, uh, historically. You're absolutely right. All right. So um, we're about to wrap up the podcast now. Uh, this has just been Friendly Conversations with my roommate, um, Fahim Syed. And uh, when are you going to try uh, Nigerian food, uh, Fahim? Well, uh, how about how about next time you make dinner? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I have some egusi in the fridge, man. You, you, look, <laughs> I can give you, <laughs> I can I can cook some some egusi or some ogbono for you so that you you'll uh, you know have a taste and see. Uh, probably make it more spicy, but <laughs> that's just me saying. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Yeah. So is there is there anything you wanna? I mean, um, this is gonna be published uh, tomorrow on Monday. But is there anything you wanna say uh, to someone who might be listening, or any thoughts you want to get out there? Anything at all? Well, I'll just say that um, I think the most important thing for for us to realize is that even though there are people of different color and different um, backgrounds, different interests, fundamentally we're all human and we're all trying to find our place in this world and do what we can. Um, for each other. And I think that's the way society should be. Exactly. I mean, perfectly said. And hopefully I get to have more and more of these conversations. Obviously, this is not going to be the last time I'm going to be talking to Fahim because we're roommates, so he's right here. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, more, we'll have more conversations like this and probably maybe add some context. Maybe uh, when I get some money later, I can add video and, you know, just you know, bridging that gap between different cultures and, you know, building that tolerance and getting to understand each other better. You know, I mean, when you have uh, people doing great things, you know, in other cultures, why, um, you know, uh, segregate, why why promote, you know, hate or any kind of um, behavior that's unaccepting uh, between cultures. Uh, so, yeah, this is Nusa Yari. Uh, just spoke with Fahim, and this is still Culture Class Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on social media. Um, Instagram is Culture Class. Um, everywhere is Culture Class Podcast except Twitter. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. So Instagram is Culture Class Podcast. YouTube is Culture Class Podcast. Facebook is Culture Class Podcast. Uh, send us an email. Uh, we've had the email for about two months now. Uh, no one has sent us an email yet. And I don't blame you guys because we most times we don't say the email during episodes. So please send us an email at um, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. If there's a subject you want us to touch on, um, a perspective you'd like us to cover, or um, a, a tribe or race or you'd like us to speak to, uh, please let us know. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Say bye, Fahim. Take care and have, have, a, have a great day. Okay.